Hello and welcome to the Anti-Football Podcast. My name is Chris. As always, I'm joined by the wonderful Harry. Um, and we've actually got some football to talk about. Some stuff actually happened. It feels like, even though it wasn't that long, it still feels like it's been ages. Um, uh, yeah, a very, very interesting and intriguing start to the new season, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I agree completely, yeah. Start off with some fireworks. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, for once, there was no nil-nil on opening weekend, which is, you know, sort of a tradition. Um, I mean, you know, we'll, might as well just get straight into it. I mean, we'll start off with the Fulham and Arsenal game. Arsenal winning that pretty comfortably, 3-0. Um, what were your sort of takeaways from that? Willian had a brilliant debut. I don't know whether he got two or three assists. And Gabriel uh, got a dream debut for a centre back, much like Van Dyke at Liverpool got a goal from a header. Thumping header from Gabriel. Yeah, I think it was. I think William officially got two assists, but it was three in terms of like FPL. Uh, I didn't pick. Uh, yeah. Um. Just felt Fulham were just really meh. Um. Well, I mean, if they feel like the Fulham of two seasons ago, it doesn't feel like all's changed. You know. Going forward, you know, they could spring two, three, four passes together and they looked pretty decent. But defensively, you know, they've, like, that first goal especially, you know, like I think it was Tim Ream who just completely, you know, just missed his clearance. Like, you know, that is absolutely shocking and you cannot afford to do that in the Premier League, you know. I mean, I know we, it's just one game, you know, and I don't want to be too harsh, you know, on the first game of the season, but, you know, you cannot be making mistakes like that if you want to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, they need to sort out their defence. And uh, I don't think the window officially closes until early slash mid-October, so they've got time. Mm. I believe it's the 6th of October it closes, but don't quote me on that. Um, yeah, I mean, because, like, you know, uh, Ream, Hector, Adoy, Brian, that back four, I, th- I believe that they were all part of the defence that got relegated two seasons ago. So, you know, make of that what you will. Um, I do think going Hector, forward... You, I doubt it. Who's at home, I think? Who was? Hector. Um, Some man from Chelsea. I don't know I, why... I could be wrong. Um, yeah, because Fulham bought him from us. Yeah, I swear, he went on, I swear he went on loan to Fulham, didn't he? Or am I mistaken? Well, last season, could have done. I thought you were on about two seasons ago. Oh. Yeah, he was on loan there. Ah, oh, right. Um, but, you know, Riem and Adoy, I do remember him being part of that form defence, what was absolutely awful. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Harrison Reed. Uh, I feel like he's a good player, but he didn't really do much, you know, nor did any of the form players, really. They weren't, you know, uh, Kamara and Leighton Mitrovic were, you know, feeding off scraps, essentially, you know. Um, the lone striker did feel very isolated. Um, and I feel like that was, you know, partially down to um, that Arsenal defence. Um, granted, it was a very defensively-minded team, you know, um, a back five with Elneny and Jacker in front of it doesn't exactly scream, you know, attacking intent. Um, however, you know, the defence was pretty solid. Gabriel had a really good first game, apart from early on, uh, miscommunication with Leno almost put Kamara through. Um, but besides that, he had a pretty decent game. Um, and I feel like if he had, you know, an experienced head with him, 
in that centre-back role, you know, as much as I don't rate him, someone like a David Luiz, I feel like those sorts of mistakes from Gabriel will be cut out. Um, and yeah, just the back five in general played really well. Kintane as a centre-back um, played pretty decently. Um, Don't get why they were playing as a left wing back when they had Kalasinac and Saka on the bench. Mm. Yeah, that confused me. Um, yeah, well, I, I think it's more to sort of try and convince him to stay, really, because... Um, there have been talks that Maitland-Niles is wanting to leave first-team football, and I feel like they're sort of showing him that, you know, that he wow. can get first-team football at Arsenal. He got 20 games last season in the Premier League. That's quite a bit for a player that I don't think is even worthy of a team like Arsenal. Well, that was only due to Hector Bellerin's injury, really. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, if Maitland-Niles plays at left-back, there's versatility there, because you can shift Tierney out to left-back, Bellerin... You know, he can come back a little bit and Maitland-Niles can go in midfield and you can change to a four at the back quite easily. He's a versatile player like that. Um, and you I need someone like that in your squad. Well, what was that? So I think things that were really, really interesting when Ceballos came on. Mm, yeah, I mean, the first yeah, half, I was, you know, I was thinking, you know, this game's crying out for someone like Danny Ceballos to unlock that, that form defence because, you know, they... I wouldn't say they're defending well, but they're just putting a lot of bodies back for him, which, you know, it worked from the first half with the exception of that poor Tim Ream clip. Um, but yeah, because with a midfield t- pair of Granite Xhaka and El Nene, there's not going to be that much creativity, is there? Uh, you're relying solely on, you know, your wing back slash your wingers, um, which, you know, Willian did really well in his first game, but when Tobias came field, you could sense the difference. Where's that? Are they looking to sell Ozil and Guendouzi or something? Yes, um, Guendouzi has made it pretty much clear that he wants out, um, and Arteta has made it pretty much clear that he wants him out. Um, the the 20-year-old, he seems to have an attitude problem, you know, and I don't think Arteta respects that, quite frankly. Um, and it looks like that they're going to be shifted on. Meza Ozil is more of a, it's a different situation. I feel like it's more... I mean, it's a lot more complicated than the Guendouzi situation. I feel like, because Arteta has come out and said that Ozil isn't at the required fitness level that he desires in his players. Yeah, so, yeah in my opinion. Exactly, because he's barely played. Um, so, you know, should Ozil perform well in training, I'm sure that Ozil will be put back into the team. But at this moment, Arteta has obviously not seen enough in Ozil. Yeah. I mean, they're going to... I do find... Arsenal rather scummy in the fact that they shifted on a lot of staff members to fuel mm. the Willian move, mm-hmm. and then they go and sign uh, Ceballos back on loan, and they bought Gabriel for twenty-seven million, I think. Yeah, so uh, I think it was thirty million euros, so that's roughly twenty-seven million pounds. Yeah, um, I mean, you know. Don't blame the players for that. You know, it's not the players' fault that they get put on ridiculous oh, no. contracts and are worth ridiculous money. Um, but yeah, the club itself, you know, like there's definitely got to be, you know. Um, Arsenal's it, also crying out for squad depth, and they just keep moving players on. Mm, like they've sold mm. Emmy Martinez. The backup to Leno now is Matt Macy. Mm. Well, Martinez. Um, he, he seemingly wanted to leave. He was wanting, you know, because yeah. coming into that Arsenal team, you know, making like 10 appearances towards the end of the season and playing, you know, pretty well, you know, 
he was at Arsenal for 10 years and he's at the stage of his career where he pretty much needs first team football because uh, he wants to get back into that Argentina squad. So, you know, I can understand Martinez. Is he ever picked? Um, I believe he's been in the squad. I don't know if he's ever got a cat. I was say, how can you get a cat? How do you, how do you get picked when you don't play? Hmm. I mean, you'd think that Martinez, unless there's a goalkeeper that I'm forgetting, you know, you'd think he'd be able to get in ahead of, you know, like Caballero, wouldn't you? I don't know if I'm, you know, forgetting some Argentine goalkeeper or if there's someone who plays in the Argentine league who... I'm oh, not this aware. Is with um, he's our number one usually. Right. Mm. I'll just search it up. Yeah, but you'd think. If... Oh, Romero, obviously. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but you'd think if Martinez played, you know, regular Premier League football, you know, first team football week in week out, you'd think he'd be able to make that position his own. So I can understand his thinking there. Um, Matt Mercy, I'm not sure if he's ever made a first team appearance for Arsenal. Um, yeah, you know, should Leno pick up another injury, I wouldn't be com- I wouldn't be confident in Macy to fill the role. No, Martinez has been picked, but he's never ever got a cap. Right. The current keeper is um from Odinese. Ah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think with Arsenal, um, they do tend, you know, and this isn't a good thing or a bad thing, but they do tend to put a lot of trust into the young kids, um, especially to fill those squad depth roles. I mean, you look at the bench, you know, you've got players like Saka and Ketcher, Willock, Macy, you know, you have players like Maitland-Niles, um, Rob Holding came through the Youth Academy, and even without them, you've got players like Reese Nelson and Martinelli, who I believe are both in. Um, you know, so there's a lot of young players um, in the Arsenal team, they put a lot of trust in the youth. Um and yet, a lot of them don't seem to be ready for the position where Arsenal are looking to be. You know, for example, Nelson and Willock um, and Ketcher as well. Neither of them really impressed last season. Um, so it's really a time. To, it's really a bit of a make or break time. I think they could all do. They could all benefit with loan moves to say the Championship. Um, although Ketcher's loan move didn't exactly work out. Um, but the problem is then Arsenal would have to bring in players to fill those voids and, you know, they're claiming at least not to have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Building on the um, trust in the young kids, uh, they've given the number seven shirt to Saka, which the likes of uh, Sanchez, Perez, Platt, Keown, Merson and Parler have all donned. So that's quite something to live up to. Yeah, and he's only 18 years old, isn't he, Saka? So, you know... He's 19, it was his birthday last week. Ah, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of um, responsibility because you don't want to have to be relying on a 19-year-old. Um, you know, like, I mean, you know, he, he is a very good player. Um, you know, and he can play as a wing-back or on the wing and that is, you know, really handy for Arsenal considering they play with both wing-backs and wingers. Um, but again, for a team that's wanting to push, you know, Top four is the goal, right? Um, yeah, you don't want to have to be relying on a 19-year-old. Mm. But with the likes of Willian, um, you know, it looks like, you know, and Nicolas Pepe on the bench as well, it looks like they're not going to be overly reliant on him. Do they look like signing any other players? Um, I haven't seen anything at the moment. Um, the only the only player who I've seen is um, any like any links is uh, Hussein Awa from Lyon. I'm not sure if I said that right. Um Oh, yeah. But the, the French midfielder, um, 
there's been, you know, there's been links for a while now, um, and there's been, you know, talks of a fee from thirty million pounds to fifty million pounds somewhere in that region. Um, and I feel like, you know, if they could get that, that would be a brilliant addition to that, that Arsenal midfield. I really like Awar. Um, but um, you know, it's just a case of whether they can afford it or not. You know, I I don't think that Awar because Leon got Champions League, didn't they? Last season. Yeah, they got to the final. No, no, no. But I mean, did they qualify for it for this season? Uh, no, they didn't. All oh, right. All oh, right. Um, I was about to say if they got Champions League, then you know, then no, you know, you'd think he'd be wanting to stay in the Champions. Um, but if they didn't get Champions League, you know, they didn't even get Europa League. They finished seventh. Oh, the L. Oh. Well, I can see that happening a little bit more then. Um, I can see a lot of the Leon players, you know, the likes of Dembele, Aoua, Toussaint, um, you know, I can see a lot of them wanting to potentially move on um, to get European football because, you know, they were good enough last season to get to the was it quarters of the sem- is the semis, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah I can Wait. see a lot of those players what? wanting to move on, similar to the Ajax team. Did they get um, to the final? What's that, sorry? Did they get to the final? No, they didn't. No. It was a semi-final, wasn't it? When they got knocked out by 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 Munich. Yeah, they've lost a lot of players. Um, Marchal's gone to Wolves. Tete's gone to Fulham. That's all uh, on loan, is Tete? No, two point eight million. It says. Oh, right. Raphael's gone to Turkey. Yangen Biwa's been released. Lucas Toussaint has gone. Um, he was there on loan from Hertha, but he's gone back to Hertha. I didn't know that. I'm a big fan of Lucas Toussaint. I think he's a pretty good player. Good shielding I midfielder. I don't know how true this is, but apparently Bynaldum and Depay to um, Barca. Yeah, I've seen that. Apparently Depay's already been agreed to be going to Barcelona. It's just because of La Liga's strange regulation rules. They can't announce him. Right, OK. That's um, Fabrizio Romano saying that, who is, you know, pretty he's reliable. Been... Yeah, so... A lot of players exiting. I know there's been a few lads that have gone elsewhere, like um, Salzburg and Nice, like uh, Guiri and Sole. I'm a big fan of Guiri. I think he'll um, be a big star in the future. Did he score on his debut? He did. Yeah, he did. He's got two and three so far. Mm. Yeah, so definitely one to watch. Um, Rewind a bit. Do you have anything else to say on this um, four-marcel game, or a bit of move on? I think Fulham made some good signings, but the the players that they picked for, for against Arsenal were questionable. Like mm. they got Ariola and goal uh, on loan, stuck him on the bench instead of starting him. They went with that Rodak. Well, I can understand Scott Parker's logic. He's showing faith to you know the team that got him promoted. They're obviously a decent little team. Um, yeah, but however, Ariola, if you have quality players, really, you should be playing them. They also were. Uh, did they have Ket, uh, Tete at the time of that? I believe so, yes. And then he had Mario Lamina as well. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, Ola Aina as well. They've got, yeah. they've got some good right-backs. They've got Ola Aina, Cyrus Christie, and they've got Kenny Tete. Mm. Yeah, let's go on to the next. Yeah, not as um, exciting a game, but still a very interesting encounter. Um, Palace, um, in my opinion, surprisingly getting a win over Southampton. Um I had high hopes for Southampton at the start of the season, um, but they haven't got off to the best of starts, have they? Um, they dominated possession, Southampton, um, you know, pretty much dominated the game, but they just couldn't put Crystal Palace away. And, you know, 
all it took was one chance for you know Wilfred Zaha, who a lot of people seem to have dismissed. Um, but you know he's still a quality player, even though he didn't want to be there. Um, and yeah, it's you know a very clinical performance from Palace. Vincent Gaeta in net having a brilliant game. Um, and yeah, the, managed to scrape a win, which you know on the first day of the season is one of the best things you can hope for. Well, I thought the opposite. I thought that this would be a comfortable win for Palace after Saints have lost a few players and having to yet again rely on their, you know, crappy academy. I mean, they played uh, Will Smallbone in this game. Uh, just And then Carl Walker-Peters, I don't know. He, he, do you feel like he should have been sent off? Um... Yeah, you see, it's a tough one. Um, I, I, could, I can see both sides. Um, I think the yellow was probably fair. Um, but, you know, if he got sent off, I wouldn't be saying, oh, that's absolutely ri- ridiculous. Mm. I think I think Palace have got a good side that they can push for top 10, honestly. They've got um, good youth coming in, like that Tyreek Mitchell. Um, obviously, Eberichi has Um yeah, he also started playing a player called Brandon Pierrick as well. He looks decent. And then they've got, if they can get Michy Batshuayi firing on all cylinders, then you know you've got some real competition between Ayu and Batshuayi because Sahar isn't the sort of player they're going to freeze out. Mm. And Koyatu looked pretty comfortable at the back um, without um, Cahill there. So seems mm. yeah, just. Ings lacks a strike partner, and Saints haven't addressed that issue. I know mm. Che Adams was good after the restart. He was on fire post-lockdown, was Che Adams. He looked like he was reverting back to his Birmingham form, you know, showing why they paid £15 million for him. Because at the end of the day, you know, he scored 30 goals in a championship season. You know, So Che Adams obviously has something about him. Um, and he has shown flashes of that, but he's just not... He's not been great, you know. He's not been consistent, I think is probably the better term for um, Shea Adams. Call upon is Shane Long and Mike Obafemi. Mm. I mean, mm. I know Obafemi had a good goal against United where he picked a good position, but, yeah. They they can't... I don't think Ings is going to have that great of a season now. Well, he's not... Well, I, think I, two, I can't see him having the same uh, season that he did last season, obviously. But I think, you know... He should be getting at least double figures, Danny Ings. You know, he's just that clinical of a striker. You give him one but or two chances. Give him service besides, if because Red, Redman is injury prone, so I mean, well, you know, get... I'm I'm a big fan of James Ward Prowse in that midfield. I think, um, and I'm also a fan of um, oh, thing is Stuart Armstrong. I know he was injured for this game, but I really like him. Um, Ryan Bertrand can whip in some dangerous crosses. Um, and we still to see what Carl Walker Peters can do on that right hand side. I mean. You know, he he doesn't look he doesn't look amazing, but he still looks like a decent little player. He's only young, granted. He was on loan at Saints from January, though. Yeah, but he didn't really play, did he? Oh, uh, unless yeah, I'm mistaken. Yeah, who else would be there? They, they um, that's why they got rid of Cedric. Hmm. I'm gonna double check. I could be wrong. I could be completely chatting out my ass. He played ten games. Oh, right. And he joined on deadline days. Yeah, I think Guaita is a very underrated keeper as well. He made mm. five saves. Yeah, yeah, it was a very um, good performance from the Palace keeper. Um, and yeah, like you said as well about Kuyate, um, 
he seemed to slot in pretty well into that back four. Gary Cahill was a crucial part of that Crystal Palace defence. Um, and, you know, despite the fact that, you know, really good last season, that probably did need addressing the fact that one of your most important players in the defence was 34, going to turn 35, likely only has one or two seasons left in him. Um, and Kuyate slot into that role, you know, brilliantly. You know, far better than, you know, the likes of we've seen Sacco be in there, um, you know, like the, we've seen some not great power centre backs. So Kuyate um, played really well. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I feel like Palace's season will hinge on how well Wilfred Zaha decides to perform. Because um, last season he was not up to scratch. He was not the Wilfred Zaha that we all know he can be. Um and yet it looks like Wilfred Zaha's probably going to stay. There's not many rumours about clubs coming in for him. So uh, I think he's sort of settled now, I think. Yeah. He's gone. Exactly. So, you know, I'm wondering if Zaha could return back to his best form for Crystal Palace. Mm, yeah, looks like it. So, yeah, well, from the first game. Is there uh, Oh, else you want to say on that or we move on to... Um, Let's move on. Yeah, we move on to a very exciting game. Um, Leeds United's first game back in the Premier League for 18 years. Um, and they definitely came back with a bang. Uh, Liverpool 4, Leeds 3. What were your thoughts on this, Harry? Oh, my God. Bamford actually scored in the Premier League. I know. That's mad. I mean, Van Dijk basically gifted it to him on a plate. And he missed a one-on-one earlier in the game. But, you yeah. know, we'll ignore that. Jack Harrison. I've not seen him play. Obviously, because I don't watch the championship. But he he blew me away. Mm. Really impressive. Yeah, I mean, last season he oh, he he, looked, he he was a decent little winger, but he didn't have much end product. You know, he could run to a byline, but then struggle to get across him. Um, but he did play really well um, against Liverpool. Um, yeah. What do you mean? It, it look, he looked like he w- he was doing that for like he he seemed like an Iron Robin the way he cut inside and shot. It was like. That was his trademark goal because it, it just came so easy to him. It, I know it genuinely did look like that. It was a far cry from the player that we've seen in the champion. Um, you know, he's a he looked very good, Jack Harrison. Um, yeah, um, I mean Calvin Phillips. You know, sitting deep in that midfield had a pretty decent game as well. Um, and yeah, he's all around at least going forward for Leeds. It was a pretty impressive performance, um, despite leaving the thirty million pound record signing striker on the bench. Um, and with Liverpool as well. Oh, well, it's a similar sort of tale for both sides, to be honest with you. Going forward, played pretty well, um, but defensively, both teams struggled. Um, I feel like with Liverpool, Fabinho is so crucial to that midfield. A midfield of Jordan Henderson, Navid Keita. Genie Wijnaldum doesn't work. Um, playing John Henderson in that six role, um, it's like playing Steven Gerrard in that six role. Not that he's anywhere near the quality of Steven Gerrard, but he's that type of player. You know, he can play there, but that's definitely not where he's best suited. Um, and I feel like once Fabinho came on, they were definitely a lot more solid. Um, Liverpool. Um, and yeah, I don't know what Van Dijk was thinking for that. Um, Goal, just gifting Bamford a goal. 
Um, yeah, really. All right, I read a really crazy stat. He made more errors leading to goals in this game than he had in the previous 132 games. Yeah, that is mental. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I think Leeds had an XG this game of 0.32, and they scored three. So oh. that, that just shows how you know poor defensively Liverpool were. Um, yeah, I don't know what was up with him, because that defence was so solid last season. How many times last season did we see you know, Mo Salah or Mane um, bag a goal in like the 60th minute and Liverpool, you know, hold on for that 1-0 win. They're defensively solid, structurally solid. How many times did we see that last season, them getting the 1-0 wins? And this, you know, we would, we would not have seen the Liverpool of last season concede three goals, honestly. Well, they did against what? Three cheap goals as well, might I add. They it wasn't like there were three wonder goals. They were very cheaply conceded. I think we only saw it. Did we only see it twice last season against Watford City? Mm. Another team. Um, Napoli? Atletico, actually. But that was more because they were um, going for the win. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think maybe some of the blame could have gone into Alisson as well. He's not the sort of keeper you'd expect to concede three, especially on against a team like Leeds. Yeah, 100%. Um. And the fact that, you know, Leeds had an XG of 0.32, you know, you'd think Allison could have saved at least one of those shots. Um, and yeah, it was... Made no saves in the game. Yeah, you know, like, that is poor. Mesley you know. made two. Yeah. Um, and what did you make of the two penalty shouts, anyway? Uh, the second one, absolutely. Mm. First one, I'm not sure. I think it was probably... It was probably a little bit harsh on Cock. Um, how many times are we going to be making knob jokes this season? Um, it was probably a bit harsh on Cock. Um, but, you know, you can't have an outstretched arm like that in the penalty box when you defended. I'm sorry. You know, um, yes, it bounced off his knee. Um, but, you know, that for me, that is a penalty. If you've got your arm all the way extended out, you know, and it hits your arm, for me, that's a penalty. Didn't it hit his elbow, didn't it? Uh, it bounced off his knee and then, like, hit on onto his forearm, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more ball to hand. I think if it... Yeah, that's really tough on the call. They have they have highlighted what the rules are. You know, they've said yeah. what errors are, handball and what's not. Yeah. The, so, um, it's the, where the sleeve ends, isn't it, I believe? Yes. So... Yeah. Which seems, you know, you know common so sense, that, really. By that rule, without any other sort of um, expulsions, I guess it's a penalty by that rule. So, but the second one, what the you know, twenty-seven million for a striker. He comes back to defend, and he's cost the team the game. So yeah. that's a good way to mark your debut. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, you don't expect Rodrigo to be you know making you know wonder slide challenges to save the game, but you also don't expect him to be conceding penalties. Um, and yeah, you know, that's, yeah, you can't be lunging in like that in the penalty box. You just can't afford to do that. Because, you know, players like, you know, the players, the quality of Liverpool have, they're going to be able to evade those, you know, reckless challenges. Mm. Especially a player like Salah who will go down at the pin drop, you know. So. Well, it was on Fabinho, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? The second uh, one. It, it just says here, Rodrigo gives away a foul for a fierce tackle. Yeah, it was on um, Fabinho, I believe. Oh, okay. 
Well, he's not the sort of player that's just lunge at Florney. But, yeah, it was down on penalty, whoever, whoever it was he was going to come into contact with. Oh, exactly, yeah. There was no um, intent for the ball. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a relatively impressive showing for Marcelo Bielsa's leads. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was expecting him to get absolutely slapped up. Um, I feel like we're really underselling Mo Salah in this game. Oh. I know goals were penalties, but yeah. Well, Salah is always impressive, isn't he? You know, yeah. He's consistently been one of the Premier League's best players. You know, um, like I think two of the past three seasons he's won the Golden Boot or something like that. Like, you know. Um, I mean, you know, when you've got people, you know, people comparing to the likes of Eden Hazard, you know, so he is obviously... He might eclipse Hazard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a Chelsea fan saying that, you know. So if anyone's going to be biased, you know, for Hazard against Salah, it's going to be you. And you're saying that he could potentially be even better than Hazard. That shows the quality of player that Salah is. So, you know, you expect that um, from Salah. Um, You know, not to take anything away from him, obviously, but, you know... He is a really, really quality player. If only we had Salah and Hazard on the wings, that would be... With Kevin De Bruyne spraying passes to the both of them. Havertz as well. Yeah. And Michi Batshuayi up front. Oh. <laughs> Denver Bar. He was a player. Oh, Denver Bar. What class player Denver Bar was. <sighs> Him and Cissé at Newcastle. Oh. I loved him at Chelsea. He didn't do much, but... Well, he scored... <laughs> The infamous Gerard slip, didn't it? Yes, that's very true. Um, is there much more to add in the game? Um, well, so- I mean, I've got nothing else unless you're wanting to say something. No, I'm good. Yeah. Right, well, um, we'll move on to um, yeah, we'll move on to West Ham and Newcastle. Um, you know, not too much to say about it except a man of the match performance from free signing Jeff Hendrick. That's got to hurt, hasn't it? Yeah, it does. Especially the fact that we haven't replaced him, you know. Like it's Scott it, it's Scott Arfield all over again. We let an influential player who's played, you know, thirty games last season, we let him go for free and then we don't bring in a replacement, you know. And then they got both go on to flourish at the new clubs, Arfield at Rangers and Hendrick at Newcastle, you know, it's honestly it's it's so infuriating. Sure, it's good to actually see Mike Ashley actually spend money. Because mm. Newcastle should be a side. They're so massive. They should be fighting for Europe every season. They're on that brink of relegation come January. Mm. Yeah. I mean, last season, you know, we saw him invest, you know, £40 million on Joe Linton, £20 million on St. Maximin. And this season, you know, we're seeing £20 million on Wilson, £15 million on Lewis. So that team is having money being spent on them. Um, yeah. and Some really good free signings in, in Hendrick and Fraser. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so it, they've made some very smart additions of Newcastle. Um, West Ham, on the other hand, um, have not addressed any of the issues from last season, really. Um and yet, all they've done this season is bring in Suchek on a permanent, who is a decent little player, but you know it looks like that's going to potentially be it for West Ham, and that is very poor from them. Did you hear what Graham Sooness said? Well, what did Graham Sooness say? Obviously, he's a very 
by just a twat, basically. Yeah. He said that he blamed the the loss. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. He blamed it on Paul Pogba. Yes. No. He blamed the loss on a certain player, um, voicing their anger at Grady Diangana leaving. A player who hadn't ever put on a West Ham shirt. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I can see both sides to the Dean Garner argument. Um, obviously, you know, if there is a promising yeah, young player, is it? No, uh, I'm just addressing the argument as a whole. Uh, obviously, oh. Sunes is fucking clapped. Um, but I can, you know, in terms of the Dean Garner argument, I can see both sides. On the one hand, you know, you've got a promising young winger coming through the youth academy, had a brilliant half season at West Brom, played really well in the championship you're going to want to give them a chance in the premier league for your own club aren't you but at the same time if you get an 18 million pound bid for a player who's never made a first team appearance actually know, lied. he has he has made 18 appearances oh right well, that was a um, uh, season before last he didn't ever score though right yeah so he's not a crucial player you know and if you get a 20 million pound bid for someone like that you know that could go towards a new a new centre back or a new full back for West Ham. Obviously, it hasn't. And if a player like Cresswell or Fabianski or Rice went for you know that kind of fee, well, just leaving West Ham, who do you think they need? Um, well, to be honest with you, I think what? a right back is necessary. I do not rate Fredericks, you know, at all. Like generally. Like, at all. Um, and I feel like another centre-half as well is needed. Um, What's wrong with Antonio? Antonio? Yeah. Well, you're not going to play Antonio as a right-back in the back four, are you? Jesus. Sorry, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he has played as a right-back in a back five, as a wing-back, and he's done all right there. That was me being zoned out there. I don't know, I rate Babuena. Um, it's a Diop is just error happy. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I look at Balbuena, Diop, or Bonner, like they're not. No. You you know you look at some of the teams around them and they have far superior centre halves in my. Um, I know that West Ham have apparently been chasing James Tarkovsky, but that move is not going to happen. That deal's basically dead in the water. Uh, with Tarkovsky coming out and saying that he doesn't want to go to West Ham. Um. You know, which quite a big fee to put any club on. Mm. Yeah, well, it's his release clause. Is um, it Tarkovsky's? He's got a fifty million pound release clause. Oh, I thought that's just what they were wanting. Oh no, that's just his release clause. Jesus. Um, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to sell him for any less than that because we have to give thirty percent of any transfer fee to Brentford. So, say we sold him for forty million, you know, we only get to see twenty-eight million of that to buy a replacement so you know I won't want to sell him for any less than 50 minutes with you the more and more this transfer window goes on the more and more I think Burnley going to be relegated we won't be relegated under Sean Dyche I can guarantee you that no um, yeah, I don't think he'll stick around well if he starts the season as Burnley manager he will end the manager I'm confident of that um, wait it says here you got someone called Marco Richter oh yeah he's a goalkeeper who's coming to under 23s oh what goalkeeper? It says he's a midfielder here. Uh Pays for Augsburg. 31 games, 4 goals. Oh, I could be wrong then. Have you got him today? Uh, I don't think so. What? Why is he... Yeah, he's a goalkeeper. 
What, Marco Richter? Yeah. So he's a forward and wiki. What? This app is either fucked or it's a Marco Richter, but not that player. Well, it must be fucked then, because, you know, the, there's pictures of him in a goalkeeper kit, you know, so. Who are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at the Burnley website. Yeah, he must be a different player then. Mark Richter. Mark Richter. Just joined from German outfit Augsburg. But when did you get him? Uh, like uh, a month oh, ago. Oh, Mark Richter. Yeah, joined Is from Augsburg. Between Marco and Mark. To, and Mark. What? Oh. Signed on a free 20th of August. Yeah, it says he's a midfielder. Uh, well, he's not. Because in his interview, he's talking about players like Peacock Farrell and Lucas Jensen, you know. And it says he's going to be joining the Clarets goalkeeping ranks. They're talking about Billy Mercer. No. I'm telling you, he's a goalkeeper. Oh, my God. There's a Mark Richter and a Marco Richter. They play, both played for Augsburg. <laughs> and one is on the Burnley. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Bloody yeah, hell, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> Gee, what? They're the they same age. Like, yeah, and they're both the same age. That's like worse than the Sven and Lars Bender, isn't it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Right, anyway. Oh, Marco, right. Marco, Jesus. Yeah. Right. That was a, yeah. I was going to say, if you've got Marco Richter, Jesus. Well done. Yeah. So they need they need to update this app then. Uh, and didn't you get a young lad from Arsenal? Um. And Will uh, not. We could have done. I know we've got an influx of new under-23 talent. Oh, so you weren't playing. Yeah, because we'll we're, we're a Category 1 now, so we're going to be playing in um Premier League 2. This season. Oh, right. It was under-23s. Yeah, I just feel like the more and more on this league, the transfer window goes on, and the more signings are made, I feel like Burnley might be... For now, I think we'll be fine. Next season, but I think this season, Dyche ain't going to leave me. Um, and we're not going to get relegated under Dyche, simple as that. Um, but yeah, um, have we move on to um, West Brom and Leicester, then? Yes. Yeah. The uh, most shoddiest defending I've ever seen in my life. So impulsive. It was just impulsive and repulsive. Christ, that's that's pretty much my two cents on that. Yeah, um, it was definitely a poor performance, you know. Um, and they played five at the back as well, West Brom. So I don't know what was up with that. Um, Never trust Kieran. No, um, not back five. Just who are you? Yeah, it's very odd. Um, I mean, I like that West Brom team. I think they're really good. Um, but, yeah, they just played really poor today. Um, oh, my God, that's that Man United reject. Oh, Sam dude. Johnson, yeah. I think we better go check on Reggie, check he's not being tortured or something. Jesus Christ. No. Just, Ten minutes. Go outside and it's fine. Uh, um, talk to me about Timothy Castagne as well. Um, he, obviously, he got a goal. And it was trademark Atalanta from him as well, cutting in from the inside, getting into the box. Um, we've seen him do that quite a few times for Atalanta and he did it here for Leicester. Um, what do you think of the performance from the debutante? Very fast, very technical, but he's not a typical goal scorer, actually, despite what you may think. I think he's only got one goal, maybe, last season. Mm. Um, no, but I'm saying we we have seen quite a few times for Atalanta, Casagne getting into the box and getting yeah, a shot. Yeah. Do you want a fact about Atalanta? Go on, give us a fact about Atalanta. Right, OK. So, last season, they were the top scorers in Serie A. Of all their goals, they are the first team in Serie A history to not have an Italian scorer. Really? Yep. That was surprising, that. 
Interesting yeah. that. Right. Um, yeah, so Castagne, yeah, just re- remarkable debut, uh, getting a clean sheet and a goal. It seems to be the uh, pattern here, getting a clean sheet and a goal for a uh, debut in defenders. We saw Gabriel Magalish. Mm. Yeah. Um, Dennis Pryor with a lovely delayed cross into mm. Castagne. Yes, it was as well. Belgium's linking up. Mm. Yeah. Um, and also, what did you make of... Um, I just want to touch on this briefly. Wilfred Ndidi at centre-half. Uh, we saw it with Kuyate moving backwards for Crystal Palace and we've seen it again with Ndidi. Obviously, it's not Ndidi's best position. He's you know, probably one of the best sixes in the country. Uh, but what did you make of his performance at centre-back? Didn't have to do much, did you, really? Um, just West Brom didn't look... They had 93 attacks, 32 were dangerous, and they only got one shot on target. Mm. Yeah. I mean, West Brom did, didn't have a lot of the ball, but I guess creating one chance is good, I guess, for a new mm. side against a team like Leicester. But as we saw with Leeds, they made it very hard for the Premier League champions. Mm. Yeah, um, and the attacking players for West Brom really disappointed me as well. Uh, especially the two wide men, Pereira and Dean Garner. I was expecting big things from both of them. Obviously, Leicester's going to be a tough challenge. Um, but, yeah, they were both extremely quiet. Uh, Romain Sawyers as well, I'm a big fan of him. He was brilliant for Brentford and he's been brilliant for West Brom. Um, but he was quiet as well. Callum Robinson, you know, you know, a pretty good forward on his day, was quiet. Um, yeah, it was just, oh, I'm not a great... Day for West Brom that didn't really create anything. I'm not a casual championship watcher, so it's very hard for me to comprehend that this West Brom team actually went head to head with Leeds for the title, considering what the two outcomes were in their games. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you you often do see that um, with championship clubs. Um, is that you know, it's it's just a case of you know. Some of them can make the step up and some of them can't, all depending on the tactics. You know, we saw that last season with, um, you know, we saw it last season with Norwich and Sheffield United being two polar opposites, essentially. Sheffield United dropping the number 10 back to create a five man midfield, uh, and Norwich just staying the same. Um, and they both stagnated. Well, Norwich stagnated and got went straight back down, and Sheffield United flourished. Um, this West Brom team, they did ship a lot of goals. Um, you know, especially for you know a side that won automatic promotion, they conceded forty-five out of forty-six. Um, so they weren't you know defensively solid, but they made up for it with the likes of Pereira, um, Diangana being very tricky um, on the wing. Uh, Romain Sawyer's was a brilliant, brilliant midfielder for him, um, and yet it was just you know they were they were poor defensively, and it cost them. West Brom. I mean, I think they had like 15, 16 draws last season, um, you know, which could have easily turned into wins had they been a bit more defensively solid. Um, and yeah, I feel like the shift to a back five um, was sort of an attempt to try and rectify that, but it's obviously not worked. Mm. Well, it seems they've tried to shore up that defence by signing Branislav Ivanovic who's 36. I mean, we're now in an age where bright backs are typically lightning, they come forward, they really help in the attack. And then yeah, you... I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss 
in the Brighton Chelsea game, um, mm. two really encouraging right backs. Um, but yeah, I mean, they don't have to always be like that. I mean, you know, for us, you the know, best ones are they? the best ones are. But for us, you know, for example, we've got Phil Bardsley at right back, who is you know an absolutely class right back for us. He's you know really defensively solid. Um, he's thirty five. He doesn't get forward much, but they make up for it with Charlie Taylor bombing down the wing. So you don't have to have both fullbacks pushing forward all the time. But yeah, I think the problem that West Brom have is if you have Branislav Ivanovic on one side and Kieran Gibbs on the other, then yeah. it doesn't really offer you anything from out wide. And you're relying on the likes of Dean Garner and Pereira to create something out of nothing, which you know they can't do when they have two men on them because there's no fullback supporting them. I feel like the majority of the Premier League has that pacey right back. Walker... Um, obviously, James, uh, Trent, uh, Dallow. Uh, who's the right back for Spurs? Aurier? Yeah, uh, and Doherty. Oh, yeah, Doherty, Lightning. Um, yeah, uh, you got Tete now at Fulham. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, wait, who's, who's Everton got at right back now? Um, oh, I can't remember who played right back for him. I mean, they had thingy last season, didn't they? Is it just Coleman? Because Sadibia hasn't re-signed, has he? No. No. They played... I don't think they played Kenny, so I think it was Coleman. Yeah, it was Coleman. Wolves have got uh, Armand Traore playing as a right wing back, who's as fast as they come. Yeah. Leicester have now got Castagne. Arsenal got Hector Bellerin. It's typically fast, attack-minded full-backs. Now you've got West Brom with two slow and defensive-oriented full-backs. Um, aren't going to offer anything going forward. They might offer aerial threat in Brent Ivanovic, but he's not the he's not the player that he was when in the title winning season for Chelsea. No, I mean, I've not seen much of him at Zenit. Um, you know, so I'm not sure how he fared there. But I do know that the Russian Premier League is a lot um, less quality compared to the Premier League. So. Yeah, but he didn't need a bomb down the right when he had Malcolm there. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like West Brom are going to really struggle this season. Well, I mean, you know, you are facing that off of one game. Yeah, but I'm just looking at that squad. I don't know a lot of them. And any of them that had Premier League experience, they weren't that good. Or they're way past it. Yeah. I mean, they've got someone like, um, what's his face? Uh, Livermore there. I mean... Mm. Really? I know I've heard that Matthews Pereira is good, but you can't rely on one player when you're down there. No, um, I mean they do have some quality players going forward. Do West Brom? It's just that defense. I mean, you know, going forward they've got the likes of uh, Dean Garner, they've got Pereira, they've got Krasicki, they've got Carl Robinson. Um, you know, Robson Carney and Austin do a job. Um, but yeah, I just feel like oh, I don't know, like defensively. It's not great. Yeah, they 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 need some young blood because that team's quite old, and the loss of Nathan Ferguson to Crystal Palace is quite a big loss for them in terms of speed and uh, youth. Mm, yeah. Shall we get into the next game? Yeah, can do. Um, I mean, yeah. What were your thoughts on um, Spurs Everton? A really impressive debut for James Rodriguez. Agreed. It seems he's well. Um, we again we're just based on one game, but 2014. James Rodriguez is back. The cut inside and the 
the shots. He seems to have a bit of confidence now. The core coming forward was re- was really exciting to see because he's a good long shot taker. Alan and Gomez seem to have uh, hooked hooked up really well, and weirdly enough, Rashalison seemed a bit off. Um, he's well, he ran to the keeper and he missed. He bet yeah, I mean to be honest with you, I, I was impressed by. Well, I won't say impressed by Richarlison, but he, him and Dino really did cause problems for Matt Doherty, who basically refused to track back um, on that right-hand side. Yeah, um, probably because he wasn't meant... Well, he didn't really do that much at Wolves because they typically played through the back, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, but, so... Like, it's, the, it's the same with Aurier. You know, Doherty offers the same as Aurier. Like, brilliant going forward. Um but defensively, you know, especially in a back four, you know, that's you know, that's not where he's best deployed. Doherty is a wing back, not a full back. Um, and if you're going to put Doherty in a back four, you're going to get defensive errors. Mm. I feel like they could afford to switch out Winks for Davinson Sanchez, play five at the back, have Hoiberg playing deep, and then um, Lucas Son and Ali playing as. Your attack and midfielders and Kane up front, obviously. Definitely. Yeah. But um, maybe they feel, in terms of rotation, that they've only got Tanganga to rely on cup games. And- yeah. Um, maybe they could shift Ben Davies over to a centre back. I know that um, Rugion is basically confirmed. Um, and, you know, oh, Gareth. Good. Exactly, yeah. Um, Fabrizio Romano basically saying that it's done. Um, and no, you know, Gareth Bale. I was about to say, if Gareth Bale rejoins Spurs. That is an absolute game changer. Who would you take out of the team, though? Or would you look to partner him up with Kane? Um, personally, what I'd do is take out Deli Alley and play Lucas as a 10. Yeah, yeah, very dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so Spurs are really poor in this game outside of Doherty's chance, um, big chance as well. Um, and I feel like Everton deserved the win and perhaps deserved to win by more. Do you agree? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, but like I said, James Rodriguez um, looked back to his best. Um, you know, it looked, you know, like the James Rodriguez bold under Carlo Ancelotti. You know, he's played his best football under Carlo Ancelotti. Um, I mean, you know. Spurs didn't really create that much. I know they had five shots on target, but they didn't really create that much, in my opinion. There was no, there was no way where I thought, you know, oh, Spurs are piling on the pressure. Do you know what I mean? And it's not like Everton have, you know, a dominant defence. You know, the back three is Keane, Mina, and Pickford. You know, actually, Pickford made a really good save to deny Doherty and fairness. He did make a couple of decent saves, did Pickford, but you know. He's, He's not, not exactly a top quality keeper, is Pickford. No. You know, people are talking about Everton this finally being the season that they break into that mythical top six, which it's been their season for the last five years. Um, I feel like Pick- this has this is genuinely their best shot. A hundred percent, this is their best shot. They could still do with another centre half, another goalkeeper. Agreed. But this is a hundred percent their best shot. You know, if they don't manage to break into that European spot. With Carlo Ancelotti as a manager, with you know prolific goal scorers like Calvert Lewin and Richarlison up front, with class midfielders like James Rodriguez, Ducore, Allen, Andre Gomez, 
with a class left back in Dinier, if they do not manage to break into like those European spots, then Everton are a joke of a club. They're absolute bottlers. They need to get European football this season. Strong word. Well, I, I genuinely feel that way. You know, every season it's oh, it's our season now. It's this is the season where we break into Europe, and it never is. They always disappoint. That they've been surpassed in the best of the rest role by Leicester, by Wolves, potentially by Sheffield United, depending on this season how it goes. Leeds are breathing down the necks. You know, they finished twelfth last season. Everton. That is pathetic. <laughs> considering the amount of money that has been spent on that team. That is absolutely pathetic. It's a joke, and they need to do better. Yeah, I'd, I'd completely change that defence outside of Dinier. Change goalkeeper, change his centre-back, change of right-back. They've made some really good acquisitions in midfield. Yeah, I mean, that was needed, because Everton really lacked some steel in that midfield, and they lacked creativity. And they've addressed both of those with the signs of Alan Rodriguez and Ducore. You know, they're not going to have to rely on the likes of Gilfie Sigurdsson, the likes of Bernard, the likes of Tom Davies anymore. They're not going to have to rely on those sorts of players. Um, but still, defensively, they're not great. Mm. When Giovanni Lo Celso comes back, with Bale now taking Ali's spot, in your opinion, how do you fit Lo Celso into that team? Um, Don't you? Well, in my opinion, well, I'm not the biggest fan of Hoiberg, to be honest with you. Um, I've got him for a breakout season. Yeah, I know, but I, I don't... Oh, what, I him? Don't, I, um, if you can get the best out of Undombele, then a midfield pairing of Undombele and Lo Celso would be great. Yeah. If not, I would genuinely put him with Musa Sissoko. I'm a big fan of Musa Sissoko. I think he's a really... you know talented midfielder and I feel like he would complement Lucelle so well. I don't understand why Suzuki has sort of been phased out of the team in favour of people like Harry Winks, who is a far inferior midfielder in my opinion. I don't see what other people see in Musa Suzuki. I don't think he's had a good season since that those days at Newcastle. I just I genuinely don't see it. Um I I don't know, I just think he's I think he's a really good midfielder. I think he's you know he's got He's very powerful and he's got a great engine. And I feel like if you pair him alongside someone like Lo Celso, who can provide that creativity, um, I feel like he'd thrive. I was just saying another player that, that you know, I think deserves a starting spot in Bergwijn. Mm, yeah, Bergwijn. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tricky one if they do get Gareth Bale to fit everyone in. Because Gareth Bale will 100% be starting every game if Spurs might. Um, and so will Harry Kane. Harry Kane will be starting every single game that Spurs can start him in. So, in terms of you know if it's whether it's a front three or a front four, you know two players from Lucas Son Bergwijn and Ali will have to miss out. Um, and yeah, that'd be a shame because they're all quality players. I drop Annie personally. I drop Ali, um, but then who else is it? Who else misses out? Is it? Lucas, um, who is probably the best suited for the number 10 role out of all of those players. Yeah. Uh, is it Son, who, you know, is a, you know, is an absolutely rapid left winger, yeah. and on his day, he's absolutely unplayable. Or is it Bergwijn, who, in my opinion, is probably the best player of the three? Yeah, I feel like Son's a form player, because when he gets going, he goes in a streak of games where he's really good. And then 
he'll go a few games where he, he just does nothing. Mm. I mean, just looking here from last season, he went five games scoring in a row, and then he got injured, and then he came back and went on a five-game drought. Mm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who misses out, especially if Bale comes in. Um, and yeah, it'll also be interesting to see how Everton perform this year. Um, again, personally, I don't see them breaking into Europe because of the defence. I feel like the defence will let them down once again. Do you um, think they're done spending, though? Um, we'll wait and see. I mean, there's still, what, three weeks I left in the transfer window? Like Chris Smalling going now would be X. Um, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. I mean, Smalling, yes, he was, yes, he performed really well for Roma, um, but does Smalling have... Um, oh, what's... Does he have the mobility? Oh, they're in talks to get Tamori on loan as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tamori, you're not going to get European football relying on Tamori. For a team like Everton, they're not. Everton made a bid for a Turkish winger. Everton are going for a winger? That's what it says. Cengiz under, yeah. Oh, under. Um, Plays for Roma, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Um... I like it, but there's no point. They need to be looking at the defence. <laughs> Agreed. Aye. Um, but, yeah. Um, we've got all else to add over to move on to um, Sheffield United and Wolves. Let's go to Sheffield United and Wolves. Yeah. Um, Game up in the first five minutes. Yeah, um, which was very surprising. Um, yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It's a very slow start for... Um, it was a very slow start for Sheffield. Um, Lundstrom just didn't look bothered at all, um, and especially for that first goal, he had a pretty awful game, in my opinion. Who are you on about, sorry? Uh, John Lundstrom. Um, he refused to sign a contract for Sheffield United, and he just didn't look bothered in this, in my opinion, this game. Maybe feels too big for Sheffield after a pretty decent season. Although I'm, I'm just making. Presumption there. Mm. Well, I mean, he's definitely not. Yeah. Not funny, but he, Lundstrom could not go anywhere and better himself because where's he going to go? This Wolves team, no chance he fits in there. Right. I thought Daniel Podence up top was incredible. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to you know, sound too smug, but I knew as soon as he came in that he would be a class player. It looks like with the departure of Doherty and Traore moving into that right wing back slot that he will get a lot more game time. Um, and I think it'll be brilliant. What's that? They've just signed Marchal, out, who's now starting, and he, he was a, he's now a Champions League semi finalist. Yeah, but Traore's moving into that right wing back slot, isn't he? Oh, yeah. For some reason, it's got him and his listed as a right winger in this game. Is that correct? Um, well, he did. I must admit, thinking back to it, he probably did um, drift out wide onto the right a few times. I did notice that. Um, but I wouldn't call him a right winger during this. No. But that would be an interesting facet for Jimenez to add to his game. He is a very good finisher. Um, um, if he did, you know, manage to drift out wide and cut inside, shoot from, you know, the corner of the box... That would be another interesting facet for Jimenez to add to his game. Who is already a top quality striker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... Outside of that first five minutes, it, I think the game was already done and dusted. I think 
it was like a mutual, yeah, you want a game now. Mm. Let's see it out, sort of vibe. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United did look a lot better in the second half, obviously. They must have had an absolute bollocking by Chris Wilder. Um, but, yeah, they didn't really show much. I mean, you know, McBurney and Sharp up front, you know, like, especially Billy Sharp. I mean, you know, I know he's a Blades legend and all that, but, you know, like, you, you can't be relying on Billy Sharp to be scoring your goals in the Premier League. I mean, they didn't even rely on him last season. Like, you know, I, I, he's 34 years old, like, and I feel like another forward is crucial for Sheffield United. I know that they've been had a bid accepted, apparently, for Rian Brewster. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking, you know. On loan, it would be worth the risk. But to bring him in, you know, permanently, I don't think that's the right decision, in my opinion. He was he was a very good player for Swansea, don't get me wrong. Um, scored some decent goals. What's that? I said, if you can, I think if you're going to get a young lad up top, get Sam Surridge. Mm. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, in my opinion, the ideal signing for Sheffield United would have been Ollie Watkins, who's obviously gone to Aston Villa. Um, yeah, yeah. But obviously they couldn't pick him up. Um, to be honest with you, I feel like someone like a Josh King would fit in really well at Sheffield United uh, in that two-man strike partnership. Um, but if they are going with Ryan Brewster, you know, to be honest with you, I can't see him starting regularly. Um, for Sheffield United because, you know, as a young lad, um, I don't think they're going to be relying on him. I feel like the likes of McGoldrick and McBurney are going to be the starting strikers. And I'm not sure on that. I'm not fully sold on those two. McBurney, I feel like, has proven his quality. He was really crucial for Sheffield United last season, especially without when they were lacking the number 10. McBurney, yeah, he didn't pick up too many actual assists, but... In terms of coming deeper and feeding the ball, he played really well in that role. Um, however, his strike partners, whether it's with Goldrick or Sharp or it was Robinson for a bit, they've not been great. I'm not sure whether Brewster is the answer to that. I don't know. What do you think? Well, their strikers tend to be more... Um, I don't know what term... I don't know, clunky is the term that's come to head. My head. The likes of they've got McBurney, they've got McGoldrick, they've also got Lisa Musset, who are more they're lanky and they're aerial threats. So someone like Ryan Brewster seems odd, and they'd have to configure a new attack and strategy to accommodate him. Well, he's a different option, you know. Got, if if it's not working up front, they can always chuck on Brewster and try yeah, something different. It's true. always good to have different options up front, like at Chelsea, you know. You've got Werner, who's, you know, really quick getting in behind. You've got Abraham, who is a really decent finisher. And you've got Giroud, who's the aerial threat. You've got three different options there. Yeah. And it's always good to have different options. How, well, how do you think Oli Burke's going to configure into that? Because I thought he was more of a winger, but they don't play wingers. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, if anything... You know, he would probably slot into the number 10 role that they played um, like when they were in the championship. But I'm not sure whether they would revert to that, especially when the 3-5-2 worked so well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I'm not sure where he fits in. He's a player that I, rate, that I rated at um, Leipzig, but then he went 
to... Why do I want to say Rangers? Did he go to Rangers? No, he went to West Brom. He went to West Brom, didn't he? Yeah. He went yeah. on loan to Celtic, if you're thinking of Scottish League. Did he do any good there? Uh, I think he got... I think he did all right, to be fair. I think he had, like, a half season there, and he scored, like, five goals, I want to say. He did pretty decent. Yeah, he scored four and 14, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I rated him at Forest, rated him at Leipzig. Then he went to the, back to England, and I don't know, he just didn't pan out. And then he went on loan to Alaves mm. um, in Spain. He's just he, he's not recaptured that form that he had when he was in Germany and originally at Forest. Mm. If they if if Sheffield United can get that out of him, I think we might be looking at that same team from last season because not much has changed besides goalkeeper. Mm, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it is a significant downgrade. Um, but Ramsdale is still a decent keeper. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see how Jaden Bogle performs as well. Obviously, didn't feature in the game against Wolves, but he was one of the Championship's most promising young players. Um, you know, Derby managing to get fifteen million pounds for him. Cool. He was a very, very, very good right back going forward, um, but defensively wasn't all that great. However, in a five-man defence, I feel like he could definitely thrive going forward. And I feel like, especially in Sheffield United's case, he would definitely fit their system. So I'd be interested to see how he performs. Um, And yeah, like like you said, not too much has changed for Sheffield United. Um, I mean, obviously another player, Ethan Mpadu, was brought in, um, which surprised me to Rosemary. I thought he'd feature for Chelsea, um, but obviously he's been brought in. Um, well, we've really got enough defensive issues without having to bring Ampadu in and, you know, turning this bright prospect into this less than, just basically a shell of a player with no confidence because he's at fault for the mistakes. Mm. Either that or Kepper makes a mistake. Yeah. Also, um, about Wolves, it's, I find it interesting that their 40 million sign-in didn't make an appearance. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you know about that, Fabio Silva there? Yeah, there's a lot of money to pay for a player who's only featured 12 times. I just yeah. get in um, what's it, that Yao Felix syndrome here. Mm. Um, well, you know, I feel that's probably a little bit harsh. Um, I mean, he's definitely one for the future. He's only 18 years old. You know, how many 18-year-olds do play regular first-team football in the Premier League? You know, not many. Um and yeah, you know, he is definitely one for the future. Is Fabio Silva, um, definitely someone who has a big sell-on value. Um, and yeah, I feel like to be honest with you, even if it's not immediately apparent, I feel like the forty million pound fee will be justified. I feel like because he was on the radar of some big clubs, he was on the radars of you know your Real Madrid's and Barcelona's. Um, so if he can manage to, What's that, sorry. We've heard all this before where a player from, you know, Portugal, he's a bit, he's this amazing talent, and then they turn out like Bebe. Mm. Yeah, but we've also seen some pretty decent talents from Portugal, you know, one or two, um, you know. So it's always a risk, and I feel like Wolves is probably the perfect environment for Fabio Silva. Obviously, he's not going to get in ahead of Raul Jimenez, um, he's probably not even a rotation option for Raul Jimenez, but it is the perfect environment for him to be nurtured in English football. You know, there's no other club 
that would probably suit him better than Wolves. Mm, yeah, I just feel like when they come from Portugal and they're, you know, they're all built up. And then... Well, it's always a gamble looking outside of Europe's top five leagues, and it's not just Portugal. True, but uh, these players barely get any, you know, noticeable football. Like I saw Erling Brandt Halland at the FIFA Under Twenty World Cup, and he was incredible. And then he did amazing at Salzburg. Then he moved on to Dortmund. Like I saw pretty much the same players I saw from that game against Honduras where they won nine 0 to the one that we were seeing now. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, no, that's a lie. Uh, I don't think Fabio Silva's going to go into the second team or all like that. Um, but, you know, it, it's just going to be eased in. You know, there's no need to put an 18-year-old straight into the first team in, uh, you know, a Premier League club that got to the Europa League quarterfinals last season. There's no need to do that. You can just easily nurture in the player. Even though he's got a record time. Um. Well, you know, the, the fee doesn't mean that the player needs to be put straight in. You know, the fee doesn't make the player. You know, he's mm. 18 years old at the end of the day. You know, if that's what he is valued at, you know, that means that, you know, they can see the potential in him. That doesn't, that doesn't mean he should get in ahead of Raul Jimenez, does it? Because Raul Jimenez was 30 million. You know, but that doesn't mean that Fabio Silva should be ahead of him just because he costs ten million more. No, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm a little bit less um, skeptical about Fabio Silva than you. I mean, he's he's not going to. To be honest with you, I doubt he's going to get you know too many starts. At least I feel like he's definitely someone who will be seeing a lot of cup competitions. Um, and if Wolves qualify for the Europa League again, I feel like which I think I feel like we'll see a lot of Europa League football for him next season. Fabio Silva. He's definitely a rotation option. That you've probably seen on Football Manager on FIFA that has good potential. And then you thought, oh yeah, let's go buy him. Like, I've just seen Derby have bought um, Kamil Josviak. And he's like a high potential player on FIFA 20. Yeah, that Polish Donny, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, Football Manager and FIFA, they're not you know, they're not a hundred. They're not obviously they're not going to be accurate because they're not. You know, they're not reflections of real life. I mean, in FIFA 21, Danny Ings has the same rating as Muta. Um, but mod. Yeah, I know it's mad that. Um, but th- there obviously must be something about them to be rated that highly. You know, there obviously must be a player in there for the scouts to say yes, he is potentially gotten to that level you know um that's not to say that they will make it to that level but obviously there must be something about them you know i mean you look at for example Ravel morrison you know everyone everyone was saying you know he's the best youngster to ever play in the manchester united academy you know sir alex ferguson said he was the best young player he'd ever seen and he saw a young cristiano ronaldo come through do you know what i mean like i i you know, that doesn't necessarily make the player. But there's obviously a player in Ravel Morrison. It's the same with Hatem Ben Arthur as well. You know, like, there's obviously a player in there. It's just whether they can manage to get it out. Mm, yeah. And Wolves is the perfect oh. environment to get the best out of Fabio Silva. If you put Fabio Silva in, I don't know, like Everton, you know, that, that he's not going to 
perform as well because there's not as many people who speak his language, um, you know, and you know it's just the perfect environment for him. You know, look at Moise Keane for example. You know, Everton wasn't the right environment, um, and you know he's just stuck on the bench now. Yeah, it's all about finding balance. You don't want to rely on them too heavily, but at the same time, you don't want them to get no football. And I feel like we'll see a decent balance. You know, I don't think this one game should be all that we judge Wolves on in terms of developing Fabio Silva. I just don't like that they command such a big fee hmm. their unproven quantity. Well, at the end of the day, it's what the clubs feel like they would need to replace that, you know. Like Callum if, someone, if someone's stupid enough to pay £40 million pounds for him, then, you know, you let them, won't you? Like, you, as a club, you're always going to counter-offer with the highest possible offer that you can make realistically and if they pay it great if they don't then you know then you won't you won't sell them like simple as that yeah but we've we've paid 72 million for Havertz who's still young but he's been playing regularly since the age of 17 in that Leverkusen team so I'm I'm happy to pay that not for a player that's played a handful of professional games well I mean to be honest with you I don't think Porto would have been expecting 40 million pounds to be an accepted counter bid they probably just put that out there to test the water. I just want to know what, you know, they, they were willing to push Wolves for. Alright. Um, well, anyway. Vitinha. What's that? We saw Vitinha. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's on loan from Porto. He got a cameo appearance. Do you think he'd be any good? He's older than Fabio. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, you. I've, I can't really judge to be honest with you because all I've seen of him were those six or seven minutes I mean he didn't really do much because who can do much for six or seven minutes you know I think I think they're going to be starting to phase out Moutinho now that he's hit 34 I know he's still a decent player but yeah he's still a decent player but you know long term you know Ruben Neves there yeah of course and Ruben Neves is a quality player he's going to be a quality player for the next 10-15 years um and but realistically, Ruben, uh, not Ruben Neves, Jean Moutinho probably only has one or two seasons left in him. So you've got to be thinking about potential long-term replacements. You know, you look at Morgan Gibbs-White, who's been loaned out to Swansea. Um, he's a potential option. Um, and they're probably testing the waters out with um, Moutinho. I thought that Pedro Nito was a centre-mid, but I guess I'm wrong. Nah, he's played... more of a winger. Right. Anyway... No, they... Roman Saiz there, but he's more capable at the back. Yeah, um, sort of similar to um, Den Donka. He can play as a centre-half or as a centre-mid, really. We've seen both of them been deployed in both positions um, during the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right, well, I'm sure you have a lot to say about Chelsea's first game of the season, so I'll just let you fire away. We need a new keeper. We need a new defence. I feel like, yes, we've got Chilwell. We've also got David Silva, uh, Thiago Silva, um, to fill in the gaps where Alonso and Zuma slash Christensen. But that still leaves one more player to... Well, two more players, actually, because the goalkeeper as well, um, that we need to fill the plugs of because um, we're leaking goals. Um, Kepa should have saved a, essentially a P-roller. Really weak shot that went under him. Apparently, we're getting Eduard Mendy from Stella Renz. Uh, he's 
old, he's 29. So, you know, that, that fills me with a bit of hope. Um, but yeah, we, we need, yeah, Kante is a player that needs to go, in my opinion, as well. He just, he seems so direction directionless when we're going forward. He just doesn't know where to be. Stay back there. And we, we played a 4-2-2-2, it seems, because Lost's cheek was taking more of a centre forward, well, a second striker role, um, throughout most of the game to sort of help Vana who didn't have the greatest of debuts. A player that was really impressed, well, two, in fact, Leandro Trossard and Tarek Lamptey from Brighton. Um, yeah, just, that's pretty much it. I didn't feel like any of our debutants really stood out, apart from a newly starting Rhys James with an absolute crack of a strike. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like you've perhaps been a little bit too harsh on the defence. I mean, obviously, you do need a new goalkeeper. Like, anyone with a pair of eyes could see that. Um, but when Chilwell and Thiago Silva come in, like you say, I feel like Thiago Silva will immensely improve his partner, whether it is Christensen, whether it is Zuma, whether it's tomorrow. Rudiger. Rudiger person. He's what? I, I'd stick Rudiger there. He's the strongest. Really? Um, well, I... Well, personally, I'd go with the centre-back partnership of Silva and Christensen. I mean, obviously, me, but from the outside looking in, um, it feels like Christensen is uh, definitely he's got the raw ability, but he just needs to be able to bring out his technical side of his game. And I feel like someone like Thiago Silva would really help him to do that. Um, and then your back four is basically covered as some goalkeeper. Um, or, if push comes to shove, stick in Azpilicueta. Yeah, yeah, again, another very capable defender can play anywhere across the back line. Uh, definitely an important type of player to have. Um, yeah, I feel like Habits stuck out for me in terms of playing pretty poorly, to be honest with you. I know it's only his first game, yeah. um, but last season, both me and you very cr- were very critical on Nicolas Pepe, who commanded the same fee. Um no, I mean, again, it was only his first game, and he was probably deployed out of position. Very often found himself on the right side of midfield when he's probably best deployed as either a number eight or a number ten. Um, but, yeah, he just seemed very, very quiet, um, which for Chelsea's record signing, you'd be expecting a more instant impact. Uh, Timo Werner, he made some impressive runs. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like if he... If you can manage to get Havertz playing in the correct position uh, and you get players uh, like ZH, like Mal, like Pure Sitch back, um, I feel like he'll, he should get 20 goals this, this season, to be honest with you. I'm more than confident in saying that. Um, Rhys James as well, with a cracking shot, reminding me of that Vincent Company goal that he scored against oh, Leicester. Very reminiscent of that. Um, he's a very good right back. Uh, but in my opinion, he was outshone in the right back um, department in this game. Tariq Lamp just come out of nowhere, really. I mean, last season, you know, he showed, you know, glimpses of talent. I remember the last game of the season when Brighton played Burnley, particularly impressive. But what a game he had, honestly. Like, he really making us regret letting him go on a frame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and I mean, you know. Like, oh, what a talent he's got. Um, and one more... Buy him back in 2022 for 30 million. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, 
honestly, England have such good right backs. Like, honestly, we've got Trent here. We've got Trent, Wambisaka, Trippier, Walker, James, Lamptey. Uh, you've got Maitland Niles, uh, Max Ahrens. Um, who else have you got? You've got James Justin can fill in there. Uh, you've got, like, I guess Luke Ayling. Again, you could, you know, say him. Uh, maybe even Carl Walker Peters. You know, maybe Matty Cat. Daniel Klein. Nathaniel Clyde, no, not really. <laughs> Matty Cash, another one, um, who was really impressive last season. You know, we've got such good quality right back. Um, yeah, and oh, it's great. Um, yeah, shame Rivers can play left back, to be honest with you. Um, see how that Yafe Tanganga works up for Spurs? Because he can play centre back or right back. What's that? Tanganga, I reckon he if he if he's given regular time, I think he'll be a good uh, centre back to right back. Mm, yeah, potentially. It just depends how much game time he'll get. I mean, Jose Mourinho is not exactly known for playing the kids, is he? No. Um, but yeah, um, as for Chelsea, I mean, you had a number of key personnel missing. Um, it wasn't your best performance, but we still managed to get three goals and secure the win. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. I yeah that's. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's a very good point. Yeah. So when the likes of Silver, uh, Ziek potentially, you know, when those sort, when those sorts of players come back into the team, you know, we're missing out the best player from last season, Matteo Kovacic. Yeah, Kovacic. That's another one I completely forgot to mention. Who's Was our it... best player last season? I agree, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and I've seen that opinion um, echoed a lot online. Uh, about competition and you know again I really like him as well um, yeah um, yeah I mean there, you're right there probably isn't a space for N'Golo Kante I mean I'm still a big N'Golo Kante fan I know you're not so big on him but I still think that he's a quality player but he's, he's just not the player that he was two seasons ago no no, Wait, no I'm, I'm not going well, to no I'm not going to argue with you on that but I still think he's a quality player. It's just under this system that Frank Lampard has, he doesn't seem to fit in. Uh, in the number six role, they need to be not only dynamic, but also decent passers. And Jorginho's that, but Kante really isn't. Uh, and like you say, he finds himself drifting forward quite a bit, which doesn't really suit his style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I feel if he deployed that. Jorginho in a six role... With uh, Kovacic and Mount either side of him, mm-hmm. I feel like that would really, or Havertz, sorry, Havertz would probably, yeah, probably Havertz and Kovacic with Mount on the left, Pulisic on the right, and Werner up front. That would probably be the best midfield possible for Chelsea at this point in time. Yeah, I just can't wait for cup games as well. Just even our rotated team is going to be really good. Mm, yeah, I mean you've got you know the likes of Ziyech. Uh, Hudson Odoi, Tammy Abraham, Olivier Giroud, Ross Barkley, all you know, not getting game time. Um, and it'll be interesting to see um, how they perform in the cup competition, but also whether they will want regular first team football. Because it'll be interesting, you know. You've got the likes of you know Mount, Tamori, Abraham, all getting you know regular first team football for a top four club last season. Um, and Frank Lampard has come in. He spent a lot of money, rightly or wrongly. Uh, he spent a lot of money, and 
he's basically replaced all, all those young kids. So it'd be interesting to see if they would want regular first-team football, whether it be at Chelsea or somewhere else. But we've, we've got some exciting youth coming through, the likes of Matson, Saar, Kamori, uh, Anurin, uh, Conor Gallagher, Billy Gilmore, Castillo, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, uh, obviously... Ruben Loftus-Cheek? Are you classing him as youth? I swear he was like 26 in there. He's 24. 24? Yeah, so I mean, you can't really class him as youth. Okay, uh, doy. Well, uh, well, Havertz is still young and he's first team quality. Well, I think Malang Saar is going to go on loan to Leverkusen. I have read that. Mm, yeah. Uh, oh, no, questions. But in terms of keepers, I'm a bit worried because, yeah, we might replace Kepa for the you know Premier League games, but he might be playing the cup games and cost us. Mm. And when we draw a team like United, Liverpool, City, Spurs, or even a team like, I don't know, Middlesbrough. Yeah. I know, I'm not... I've not watched much of Stade Rene last season, so I'm, I wouldn't be able to attest to the qualities of um, Mendy. Um, you know, so I wouldn't be able to comment on whether he's a step up or not. Um, but it is clear that... A be... What's that? I said a little brick would be uh, an upgrade on Kepa. Yeah, At least yeah. that would stop it sometimes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or we can just buy Nick Pope, I don't know. Well, you know. How much would he be? I'd rather you didn't, but... 50 million and he's yours, my friend. 50 million? 50 million. I don't know how much we're paying for Mendy, but if he's that much, then we'll go Pope. Uh, I think you're only paying, like... Well, I say always quality, but I think he's, like, 25 million. If he's better than Kepa, then... Well, much better than Kepa, no no worries. I mean, I've heard this being floated around quite a bit online. What do you think about sending Kepa out on loan? What do you think about that? Potentially back to the Spanish loan? Yeah, that's fine. Just away from the first game. Yeah. And, you know, if you had a good season, then we've got um, a good problem on our hands for n- the number one shirt. So, nothing but positives. And if he's shit, well, bye. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, And obviously, four teams didn't play, including your Burnley. Aye. Um, yeah, our season and Aston Villa's season both kick off in the Carabao Cup. Uh, and Man United and Man City will be playing the next batch of Premier League games, which we'll cover in the next episode. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much about it, unless you've got what else you want to add. No. No? Uh, right, well, I mean, that's about it. Uh, yeah, like you can follow the podcast at Anti Football Pod, and yeah, that's about it for this episode. Right, we'll see you up at next game week.